Welcome to In Conversation, a series of dialogues with leading authors and speakers in the field of spirituality and healing. In Conversation is a production of Banyan Books and Sound, a gathering place of the world's wisdom traditions since 1970. Welcome everybody to the Banyan Books and Sound podcast, In Conversation. My name is Ross McKeechee and I have the pleasure of being joined today by Don Jose Ruiz. He is author of New York Times bestselling book, The Fifth Agreement, which is the follow-up to his father's book, The Fourth Agreement. Also author of Ripples of Wisdom, The Wisdom of the Shamans. And his latest book, just out, which is called The Medicine Bag, Shamanic Rituals and Ceremonies for Personal Transformation. He is a Nagual or a shaman in the Toltec tradition. And he travels the world spreading the word of tapping into love over fear and creating our own heaven on earth. Please join me in welcoming Don Jose Ruiz. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Brother Ross. I'm very happy to be with you and with Banyan Books and everybody in the community listening. So happy to be part of joining you. Thank you so much. I thought, considering anybody who's listening to this down the road, we're right in the middle of the uh, coronavirus pandemic, and it's a lot happening in the world. Uh, or maybe for a lot of people, not a lot happening since they're having to stay at home. Um, the emotion of fear is strong, I think, for a lot of people right now. So I thought I'd start out with asking you about how do we work with fear and, and tap into love? Well, it, energy is very interesting when we can feel it. And fear is one of the greatest energies that should be respected. And we create so much story around fear that we hurt ourselves with it. Because what fear does and let us know is make us aware of where to take action. And sometimes we don't want to take action. You know, sometimes it's scary to take action. Sometimes it's scary to admit the truth. But fear always lets you know what is bothering you, what is suppressing you. So when you begin seeing fear as an energy that deserves respect, you can overcome it because you begin seeing everything as a story, as a situation, which has consequences, of course. You know, action and consequences, they're, they're real. We feel, we feel pain, we feel happiness. But the moment we become aware that fear is in our presence, it's because we have to take action. And that's something that many people do not understand in the spiritual community. Then the whole point of enlightenment, the whole point of serving is service itself. We begin serving the love of our life going beyond our fear, the fear that we, you know, introduce it to ourselves because it paralyzes us. So one beautiful thing to do when this moment hits us and we are aware of it because the body doesn't know. The body doesn't understand the language that we understand in the mind. But when we begin knowing, okay, I'm fearing, but there's nothing to fear. There's no story to feed upon. Let's begin to breathe. Because what happens when fear is the body begins to shut down. So it's when our body needs our alignment. It doesn't need to suppress it more longer. So yes, when we go beyond fear, we get to the destination we want to go. But most of all, we find our own strength. That's why I said fear deserves respect. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Um, the other, the other question I wanted to ask um, it, along the lines of that is how do, we, how do we tap into love? When we're feeling fear, how do we, how do we 
uh, take action and, and then transmute that or move towards love? Yes, for me, what helps is gratitude. To remember the things I'm grateful for, not mm -hmm. the things that are taking away from me or the things that, you know, that I begin hurting myself with or any other, you know, situation that makes me a victim. And, and when I'm a victim, I become telling myself sad stories that I think I, I think I say that I don't deserve love. I'm not meant for love. But, you know, that's our natural way of being. Love is our natural way of being. Love, it just comes out of us. That painful part is suppressing it and know that we're doing that. So the moment that we allow love to come through us is to be grateful to be alive. Because, you know, when our eyesight is taken away, our voice is taken away, you know, our ears are taken away, when we recover them and we learn to listen, we appreciate every sound. When we get our voice back, we learn how to speak. We speak with integrity and with eyes, you know. That's something personal for me. When I got my eyes back, my eyesight back, when I lost them, when I got it back, it was just, you know, gratitude to see. So it's about gratitude to feel the love and to let it permit out of you because it's a natural thing that you have. Even in the hardest times, like right now, it's the love and compassion that will support to go beyond any fear because this is the, the artist that deserves respect. And when we love ourselves, it's the ultimate respect that we can give to the love of our life, which is ourselves. Hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. You mentioned, you mentioned how you had lost your eyesight and got it back. That was actually a question I had wanted to ask you. Uh, if you can give our audience a bit of a, an understanding of that journey of what happened. Well, when I was growing up, I was very rebellious in my, in my, in my household. That I began looking for suffering and then I found it and I lost myself. And the way that I found it was through drug addiction and victimization of broken relationships. So in that drug addiction, I started doing heavy drugs, snorting a lot. Well, after a, after a few years, I stopped, you know, I, I stopped. And after a year and a half, I began having consequences of the things that I, that I did to myself, to my body after snorting. So when I went to get a root canal, the, the, the nerve system was damaged that with the medicine that makes it numb to, so they can do work. They, it affected my nerve system behind my eye and in front of my brain, so it began swelling. So it was like a nerve system began swelling that took my eyesight away. Thank God for modern medicine. And um, they, they found out what was happening and they took the antidote to stop the swelling, but they didn't know what damage it was. So I was kind of lost with eyesight for like almost two weeks. And in those two weeks, I realized that I was blind before. Why? Because I only wanted to see what I wanted to see. I didn't stop to see what was around me. I didn't even stop to hear my own heartbeat or analyze things. I was always running away from any situation, always didn't want to confront the truth. But when, you know, when that eyesight got removed from me, I was there. I felt my irritation. I felt my fear. I felt all these things until somebody that I love very much offered me victimization. Why is this happening to you? And it's someone that I love very much. And I didn't want to make the person suffer anymore in my life because, you know, I love her. So when my mother, you know, it was my mother, she would ask me that, why is this happening to you? I go, mom, it's okay. And in that moment, I have the realization of what we're here in life for. We're the energy, the source that moves this body. And this body allows us to move. But this energy that we really are is what is a strong will. Because this will, you know, can, nothing can stop us, only yourself. So when I realized that I was blind before and I began to pour attention to my body, and especially when I recover my eyesight a week and a half later, because I began very aware in my, in my sleeping dreaming that I became a crash course in lucid dreaming that I know that I could see. Because, you know, when the body is meant to fight, to survive, so when I was sleeping, I could see my dreams. So I would became very open, aware in my dreams. I became consciously awakened. 
So but the beautiful thing when I got my eyesight back and I look my, uh, my reflection in the mirror, I said, all my life that reflection, the person in front of me has been loyal to me, following me to addiction, following me through hell, to suffering. It's always been loyal to me when I'm gonna be loyal to that person, when I'm gonna be loyal to the love of my life, to myself. And that's when I begin my Totec training. And at the Totec training, there's nothing to learn but to unlearn what takes our inspiration away because Totec means artists of the spirit. So when we are aware that we're creating the own art of our life, this is when we get the epiphany to change our life. And that's what blindness did to me. And we gave me my, back my eyesight, my clear eyesight, what about they say that in the answers to the third eye, no? The third eye. <laughs> That's beautiful. What a story. Wow. So you, you touched on a couple of things there um, that, that I'd like to um, maybe ask you to expand on a bit. One is you talked about this, this life energy, which I know you call in your tradition, it's the same word as, as the title of shaman or nag. Is it nagual? Is that the way to pronounce it? Yes, Nagual, yes. Nagual, and that's also the life force energy, right? Yes, absolutely, because it's the life force that moves all nature. And to understand shamanism, you have to understand nature, not in the outside, in the within, because the first stages of shamanism is to change the weather, but not the weather outside, the weather within. And the weather that I'm talking about is our emotions. When we know that our emotions is a natural, organic way that the body speaks to us, to communicate to us, we will not suppress it anymore. Because what is fearful for us is to put story to those, you know, suppression to that way that the body is communicating to us. We begin feeling story that we don't want to feel. And that's why there's many addiction in the world because we want to numb ourselves. But what happens before the substance is the addiction of suffering. So when we begin feeling this is when the sleep, the dream of the planet get us and put us to sleep. And then we wake up. And when we wake up, we cannot go back to sleep because we identify that we are that life force. Even the name Jose that was given to me, you know, I just use it to communicate to one another. Even the language that we speak, is not the absolute truth. You know, the words that we speak in Spanish, in English, in German, in all the languages, is not the truth, it's the tools of communication. Because what is the truth is what is behind those words. Let's say to be in focus with the word, is because one realizes the power of the word that they can put part of their spirit, part of that energy into a word that could create damage or it could create uplifting. And what uplifting? From the addiction of suffering and that's why it's beautiful when we completely wake up we are service to the love of our life and then we're service to everybody love of their life because we are in a mirror room so let's see how we see ourselves is how we see ourselves in everybody what we offer to things to people is what we're offering to ourselves that's why you see many people with hatred so angry you know screaming at people you know cursing people even with words you know the word cursing they're putting a curse you know with power yeah. but when you begin aware that it doesn't feel good anymore it doesn't feel good to curse anybody, to say names to anybody, to break spirits, because you have a responsibility, because now you are a conductor of music, of the orchestra. Because when you begin opening your heart, that vibration that we are the energy begins dancing with the trees, with the animals, with one another. That's why when everybody does his work and does their inner work, and you meet somebody who does their inner work, you lock into eyes. That's for like 10 seconds, and you feel like you know this person all your life. And it's not that you know this person all your life because you've never seen this person before, but the work inside has because we're the same energy. That's why I smiled the other day when they asked me, Don Jose, do you know that they found Mercury under the pyramid of the sun? And I just smiled because I've been explaining to my apprentices that we are like the metal Mercury because when we are the liquid form and we find each other, it connects into one. And this is the spirit that we are. So wherever we go, we're home. 
every place is sacred. That's why in this time it's very important for people to understand this. The special places, yes, Peru is beautiful, India is beautiful, Totihuacan is beautiful, but the most beautiful place is where we live. So just imagine if everyone right now listening can make their home their sacred place, as sacred as a sacred ruin, a sacred land. And the beautiful thing, it is possible because we are the ones who give agreement to make that place sacred. So we're here for another month in our homes, or maybe longer. Let's make our place sacred. Let's see whatever irritates us. Let's see whatever irritates us and we begin losing our awareness and the little kids are watching and what, what's going on with their parents or with, with their grown-ups, you know, because they learn. So with that awareness, you begin to unlearn the way you're automatically behaving in a circumstance that you cannot control because we cannot control the situation. But what we can do is heal one another by following, you know, the suggestions, you know, what will heal the body. But now we're doing it as one. So it comes a moment when we find the feathered serpent in this energy that we talked about. But we don't find it in just one body, one human. It's the collective of all of us humans together that creates the feathered serpent. And each one of us, you know, makes the serpent fly because we are aware that we are the eternal soul, the energy, the life force, you know, whatever tradition you come from, you know, you have a name for it. The beautiful thing is that we're just life. That's why I don't like to separate genders or race. We're just life. We all are just life. We all are equal to shine. But the most beautiful thing is when you find the divinity within you and you find that everywhere is home because you're on vacation. Now we know what the Nahualism and the shamanism, you know, the curanderismo, whatever tradition that they find this awareness and they put a title to, it does not matter because what matters, it is showing up. And when you make your meal and offer it to the world, it's because you have opened your heart and you see yourself in everybody. So people having a bad day, and because they have the spirit, they are reminded by the essence that you carry because it's the present and message of love that we share with the world. And yet again, we're not afraid to die because we don't die because energy cannot be destroyed, like my father said. My father teaches us that energy cannot be destroyed because we just, you know, we grow from there, we transform. But we're, let, we're afraid to let go is of our suffering, of things that we live. We try to possess our memories and memories are here to serve us. And then the memory processes us that we become slave to it. Yeah. And when we wake up with this energy, we are aware that we want to create just beautiful memories and live like it's the last day on earth. Plan like it's the last day of earth, but it's not our last day on earth. What we're doing is enjoying with gratitude and it gets us back to feeling the love, gratitude, to let that come out of you, to let that soul, you know, like the poet that produces the, creates the poem even before the letters are written, because it's a feeling. Now the challenge of the Totec, of the Nagual, of the Shaman, is how you're going to put that into words and describe what you feel. That's the art. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> wow, thank you. I mean, when you speak, there, there are so many different, uh, for lack of a better word, tidbits that come out, but there's this, I can see how you're, you're riding that feeling and expressing it from your heart like a poet and it's uh it's a wonderful to to follow uh that trail as you speak so thank you the one thing you you really touched on there that uh, i did want to ask you is i know you've traveled a lot and uh explored a lot of different traditions and spiritual paths of the world i'm really curious and i think others would be too to know aside from your own uh root tradition your family's tradition 
what other traditions have you explored or have, have had an influence in your life? Well, you know, I grew up with, uh, with Toltec and Catholicism in, in my life, and that was very familiar for me. But something that opened my, my, my heart very much in my, in my teenage years, in my early like 11, was the dream of India, a mother India. And I was connected to many swamis, especially Paramahansa Yogananda and the Sai Baba lineage. So I go there every year to do pilgrimage, to reconnect, and, and, I, and I see the dream of the gods there alive. Because they, they, when they, they get together, it's the power of faith that they create. And imagine getting all together, having all this beautiful intent to have faith into this statue, to be grateful to this statue, to show their love and to sing their bhajans. They open a channel, no matter what their belief it is, a channel is completely open, and I like to bathe in that. But especially because there's a, a, stale, a tale that was told when I was young about when, when Quetzalcoatl, the sleeping giant land, was sleeping. The dream of the Toltec was completely asleep. Um, and then there came a man from India in the 1950s or in the late 40s, came to Teotihuacan and said, you know, in my next life, I want to wake up this giant, this feathered serpent. And of course, when I was talking about Pramahansa Yogananda. He went to Mexico to the pyramids. And after he left his body, he went to Samadhi. The Toltec teachings begin sprouting in, in Mexico. They begin sprouting and, and foreigners begin learning from that. Uh, from those teachings that were very hidden before. And the Totec was born. Don Carlos Castaneda came from San Francisco as anthropologist and revealed the story of the Jackies, the teaching of the Jackies, which is a teaching of the Totecs. And, you know, this opened up other traditions of the Totecs begin opening up and my family's tradition opened up as well. Well, my father began taking people to Teotihuacan and, you know, they, they begin taking people. And, you know, for one point, there's people that we don't even know that we take people there now. But the beautiful thing was now to get this energy and go back to India and say thank you to it. And then when we go back to India and I was in Rishakesh and see the books in Hindu, you know, the family books, and we find that it's a beautiful connection. So yes, my, my, um, my passion, it's, it's a lot with India as well as the Totec and Catholicism, but and Native American. But you know, the beautiful thing is when you travel around the world, you know that we're all expressing ourselves the same way in different words, in different ceremonies but our heart and intent is there. And if we overcome and pass the words, pass the dogma, pass the tradition, we know what our intent is in this world. We're all working for the same boss, to Mother Earth, to end the addiction of suffering. So yes, whatever inspires your soul is beautiful. And I remember one time when a friend came to visit me at my home, and in my altar, I had all the different traditions from, from uh, Judaism, from, you know, from, uh, from all the different traditions you know, that go together. You know, and, th and then my friend says, Jose, you're contradicting yourself here. I go, you know, first of all, I'm not contradicting myself because I'm just offering gratitude. I'm putting all the great masters, all the great energy that working for the same boss. And before every word is spoken, they touch the sun. They touch the, the technical cord that hasn't been cut. And that's why we're connected to the sun of the sun. That's why the Hindu, you know, for centuries, they've been oming. And when NASA recorded the sound of the sun, when they got close to recording it a few years ago, what was the sound of the sun? It was an ohm. How do they know that? It's because it's in the integrity, because we're from the infinite. So when we get beyond the words, we pour, we pour how it should be, how spirituality should be like. And, you know, and there is not one leader. There's no one pedestal. There's no one, you know, chosen one. Because if you're in the path of the chosen one, you're in the wrong path because we all are equal. And that's one thing that is begin transforming with the love of the divine. And that's why when all the cultures merge together, 
It's because we're all working for one. We're like the garden of daisies, the garden of cactus, the roses, different types of flowers for different types to inspire different humans. Because all of us get inspired by different things, but you know, they may call music different genres. But at the end of the day, it's just music that comes from a rhythm of the heart. That is the metrodome. So for us, the metrodome is our love in the sound of life, in the sun. So when we tap into that, we can see everybody dreaming, but especially ourselves. And that's the beautiful thing. When we wake up, we can go back to sleep. And this conscious eye made us make, make us meditate with eyes open. And what do I mean meditate with eyes open is that you're always present to that omni source. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Such a such an inspiring message at this time. And um, it's interesting that, that you keep uh, bringing attention to the third eye today. Uh, the, the, in my teacher's tradition, she comes from South India. And today is the, um, one, two, three, the fifth day of Vasant Navratri, the nine nights of the divine goddess. And today is the, uh, tonight is the night of, of it goes through each chakra. Tonight is the night of the Agnya, the third, the third eye. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> yes, we are connected, brother. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, one thing you talk, um, this, this awakening to the fact that we are dreaming, becoming our own dream master. Can you just comment a little bit on that concept for our audience? Yes, I, 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 I like to, to, to share this with a story, as a storyteller that I am. One day my father was walking in the mountain he was walking barefoot with his heart completely open and completely full. And then he crossed the other side of the mountain and he felt his heart strange halfway. So half of his heart was missing. And he goes, this is very strange. What is happening here? So he looked down and he saw these hundreds of soldiers and a big mountain with a wooden door that they were guarding. And he knew my heart is inside their lock. So he went and transformed into a tiger in his dream and he went slowly 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 until he found an opening and when he found an opening he ran inside of course somebody noticed that he was an intruder opening inside the doors and entering the the gates so he said we got an intruder they whistle they begin following the tiger until he turned into a human again and, and locked himself into a room and when he locked himself into a room his body elevated and turned around and he was in front of this beautiful big luminous egg just like with the big aura, big pointy, you know, it was very luminous. And my father said his words from his heart, from his half his heart. He goes, Mother, Divine Mother, is that you trapping an egg? Because that was what he was seeing. He was seeing a luminous egg and hearing a voice from that egg saying, Mother, is that you? Are you trapped inside that egg? And Mother said, Yes, Miguel, it's me. Get out of here before you get trapped here with me. Get out, enjoy your life. Go now before they catch you. And he said, Mother, there is no way I'm going to leave you behind and enjoy my life. My consciousness would not permit that I come for you. I come to rescue you, Mother. Miguel, please leave, she said. And in that moment, he closed his eyes and placed his hand on the luminous egg and just put all his love and faith. And then he heard that they broke down the door. He turned around to give himself up to the soldiers. And when he turned around, all the soldiers were kneeling down, were kneeling in honor. So he turned around to see what they were needing in honor. And it was no more luminous egg. It was Divine Mother in her blue robes in the flesh. She took something from her robes 
gave it to Miguel and it was to have of his heart. He goes, now your heart is complete. Now your heart is the medicine bag because everything that you hold sacred in your heart will heal you. You use it to heal you and heal others. You will not use whatever is in your heart with not your faith and love being there corrupting and mildewing and hurting your heart. No, you're come to strengthen your heart now because you're present because that is your medicine bag and you're healed to heal yourself. In that moment, Father got a big smile and he goes, I'm always an honor and service to you, Mother. And in that, Divine Mother turned herself into a tiger. Oh, my, my father turned himself into a tiger so Divine Mother can write on him and they went out of the chamber. And then after that moment, he woke up in the same dream and the soldiers, he became very friends to one particular soldier and the soldier asked my father, Miguel, oh Miguel, how was it that you knew that Divine Mother was trapped here? We've been guarding this place for centuries. If we would have known, we would have freed her ourselves a long time ago. And how in earth do you manage to pass through all of us? We're professional killers. And he said, chewing his foot, he put his fork down, and he goes, do you really want to know? And everybody was so quiet listening. He goes, yes, we want to know. And he said, it's because it's my dream. I can do anything I want in my dream. And he woke up saying to all us apprentices in that moment, life is a dream. What you're living right now is a dream that you're dreaming. If you don't like your life, change it. If you don't like your dream, dream it. You are the dreamer. You're not dreaming someone else's dream. The only reason that we dream someone else's dream is when we give our power away with doubt, with guilt and shame, and we suppress ourselves. That we're not having Divine Mother right in us because we don't believe we're the tiger. We're that enemy. The moment that we believe in us and open our heart and find that fierce force to overcome negativity and get it out of our place so we can take care of the divine mother, everything begins to change because we know we're dreaming. And in dreaming, we can create all the beautiful art, all the beautiful metaphors. Like one of my favorite metaphors is the one of the Virgin of Guadalupe because the little angel holding the divine mother is our mind. It's the source of life that got put into a little angel to protect divine mother. Now, who is mother? Our physical body. No matter we're male or female, the body that we carry is the body of earth. It's the body of mother. It's the female energy. And we're taking care of it from within. That's why when we suppress ourselves, we say, I'm not meant for love. You're not good, Jose. I'm suppressing mother. Mm -hmm. And I hear many people, how they love divine mother, how they love women, how they don't want to suppress them, her anymore but they're suppressing themselves. They're suppressing one another. The moment that we wake up, we cannot go back to sleep because the energy that we are aware that we know we're dreaming and we're a vacation. We're made of dust and rocks from outer space. We're merged with this earth as a very interesting being. And at the same time, we can be the parasite to this planet. We can be the bad bacteria or we can be the good bacteria. And after all we experience in our life, like Grandma said, there is no saint that wasn't a sinner first. For all the sinning, for all the negativity that we did all our life, we don't want to do it anymore because we're tired of it. No more guilt, no more shame. It's the epiphany that we don't want to do it anymore. And like that, we can forgive ourselves. Hey, we heard people in the past, that's their business. That's their right to forgive us when they want to, if they want to. But to really understand forgiveness is to not repeat the negativity act again. And this is the important thing when we wake up that we know this is a dream. Now, what kind of 
messenger am I in my dream? What kind of my dreamer am I? The dreamer of suffering and negativity? Or the dreamer that, you know, got his power back? I may not have turned myself into a tiger, but I turned myself into a jaguar because that inspires me. What animals inspire everybody to see their full potential? And that is when we find our power animal because we find that source inside of ourselves that we will respect the love of our life, which is divine mother, no matter how we look. That's why my friend Kara, I love when she says, how would divine mother dress today? Would she come up as Quan Yen, as Mother Diva, as Mother Sarah Savasti, as Guadalupe? But most beautifully, forget about the deities, the divine mother that we are as humans. How are we gonna come out today? How are we gonna share today? We're gonna share our beauty today. We don't even have to think about it. We just have to do, because that's nature. Wow, that's a beautiful story. Thank you. I um, I wanted to ask you before we start moving towards wrapping things up. You talked about in your father's dream the heart as the medicine bag, and that is the the title of your new book. And it's it's filled with different rituals and ceremonies for personal transformation, where it's like a a practice book, a guidebook for people to really put this into action in their lives. Um, and you also, one chapter I was really interested in was the one about animals and how we can use the animal kingdom to, to tap in. So I was wondering if you could comment specifically on, on how we can tap into the animal world. And um, I know in your tradition, it, it breaks this kind of cultural mindset that humans are separate from the animal world that we are animals that we are of the earth so maybe you can just comment a little bit on the animals and and then maybe a little bit just about um the process of writing this book as well yes the the animal for me it is that we are the animals we humans we're the animal that is the shape shifters we're shape shifting in other words shape shifting our face no we're shape shifting our energy and when we see animals we see ourselves in them because we see ourselves in nature. The only thing that was wanted to make separate that we are an animal is that we're in the high chair, that we're, you know, in the high above, you know, the snobbiness, you know, but we're all animals. We're just domesticated animals. Even when there's fights in the home, they have a domesticated issue that police have to come. We have a domestic issue, you know, home domestic issue, you know, because we're domesticated. But one of the beautiful things about the animals for me personally is the things that I've encountered in my life. So in my tradition, we have the belief that we have three power animals in our life. And for me, the first power animal that I had that teach me was the rattlesnake. Why? Because when the rattlesnake is young, it cannot control its poison. Like when I was young, I couldn't control my emotional poison. I was looking for, you know, validation. I was looking, you know, I couldn't control my poison when I hurt people, you know, for looking for look at me or anything, ego, you know, that's, that, that's what it does self-suffering, addiction of suffering. So when the rattlesnake matures, it still has poison, but you don't have to control it. So right now, you know, I'm still that rattlesnake, but I don't have to control my emotional poison. I learned how to control what irritates me. So that's the moment of the medicine of the rattlesnake. The second power animal that I got in my life was the bat. And I got the bat because when I lost my eyesight, I had to learn how to trust in my instinct. I learned how to trust in my gut. And that's something that the bat has. It cannot see, but it trusts, it learns how to hear the sound vibration. 
So it, when we begin trusting our instinct, you know, it's something that connects us. Now, this is my actual power animal, the jaguar, because the jaguar is a service to the jungle, and the jaguar is a service to the mind. So I find myself as that intent of the jaguar roaming around the jungle, which is the one stalking. Okay, I'm fearing something. Let me face it with respect. What is fear telling me that I need to work on? And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing, it is to really understand that with animals, we can see the eyes of the divine. And when, when I remember like um, when my puppy died, I couldn't you know, eat animal anymore because I see animals anywhere. And it's not guilty conscious, it's just respect. It came a moment that I just have just about my story. I just begin respecting that they have the right to live like I have the right to live. And then I have to unlearn a certain things, but I can hear all these excuses. So the power animals make us hear all these excuses because just try to talk to an animal to a tree. We as humans would just project all these stories that they don't care for. They don't care to be called jaguars. They don't, kill, they don't care to be called dogs. They don't care to be called cats. They're just loyal living beings that are just filled with love. And this is exactly what we are. So the power animals make us open our heart and have compassion to the love of our life because to this animal. And then we begin to unlearn and then we learn. And that's the beautiful part to relearn. So in the medicine bag, I love to share all these rituals because it's rituals that I grew up with. And this is the beautiful thing where we have sacred in our heart. Every belief, every religion, you know, every mystery school or activity that we like to do in our life that we have to believe in something. First, it has to be with our heart, that we have faith in it, that our heart is in it. Because when we find this, we find passion. And when we unleash the passion, this is the healing energy right now. The healing energy that will activate a musician that was uninspired for years, but then all of a sudden something hit the musician that feels inspiration and wants to create music once again. It overcame the stories and unleashed the love out. And the person who didn't want to love anymore because he was afraid of getting his heart broken, it wake up saying, oh my God, I was my heart broken all the time because I used them to break my own heart because no one can break my own heart. Only I can permit that. And that woman, it begins respecting itself. So the ceremonies that we do is an act of energy that will come back to us because it's healing. And one of my favorite ones from all this in this book is my grandmother's teaching about the egg cleansing because it's something special for me. It's like when I do an egg cleansing on myself and other people, is I can feel my grandmother coming to me. I can use her as my tool to connect to that source for me not to think, for me to have full faith in my grandmother, like she had full faith on herself and open a channel. And at one point, you know, it's like, we don't prepare what to speak. We don't prepare what to do. We're doing it in the moment as the music is playing, we're dancing. And certain time, it's a beautiful feeling because it's about channeling. And the medicine bag is about channeling from the source because like we're the instrument of the doctor of doctor's grandma said, you know, like when we open our heart and we connect it in our audience that say, and this audience person in the seat is having a difficult time going through a difficult situation. And then if we have heart open, we can tap into that situation without knowing the story personally, but then we begin feeling that energy and we connect and talk to about our story, how we let that go. And that person will say, you know, you feel like, I feel like you were talking to me. And it's not that you're talking to that person, you're just talking to that energy that is in your presence because you're tapping into that. And that's when my brother says in one of his lectures, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. 
and you know <laughs> and that's one of the beautiful things about healing we don't have no expectation we just put our love and devotion into what we call sacred we get ourselves out of the way to let the healing pass because the body knows how to heal itself and it's also with stories of heartbreak and death we know how to heal ourselves but we continue hurting ourselves with those memories because we're addicted to suffering when we respect this body the love of our life when we respect it the fullest we will no longer suppress divine mother because we will no longer hurt ourselves with stories that happened in the past because they're already gone now it's time to look into the future and stop complaining about what the river took away and be grateful for what the river is bringing to us today because we're still alive we can start from fresh point today and you know let's take this time that we are in our home in quarantine to be with ourselves because even belongings is interesting even belongings you know, items, they have energy. Let's say items of our different relationship, items of things that we don't want to let go when we were teenagers. Why are we holding them? One day we're going to be home, you know, go home to the big house. And all the stuff that we collected, you know, is going to go to the Salvation Army or to the trash. It's time to let things go that doesn't serve us anymore. It's really time to let go and enjoy this beautiful dream. And nothing's going to stop us from enjoying life. No matter where life put us. You know, many people can be complaining they're stuck in their homes. Could you imagine being stuck somewhere else where you don't want to be stuck in? And that's the perfect opportunity to make your home sacred again. By making your mind sacred and honoring your words, honoring yourself, and not comparing yourself with others because others have the right to believe in themselves so they can prosper. And this is the beautiful thing where all of us can fly together. And the important thing is the little generation, the little kids, they learn not what we say to them to do, they learn what we're doing. So let them show them how it's done, how we overcome the addiction of suffering, so they can have another opportunity to take the medicine back and these sacred healing and teachings to a different level. It's time to let go of the past and to embrace the now. Don Jose Ruiz, thank you. A, a beautiful message, especially at this time. And I think for anybody who is sitting at home and looking for a way to find the gift and the blessings, this is a very helpful book. You can go to banyan.com and pick it up. Um, and how to make your home sacred, how to make an altar at home, how to make a medicine bag, how to make these uh, rituals and create healing and sacredness in your life. Um, so I, I recommend this book very much to anybody who's interested. Thank you so much for being with us today and taking the time. Really appreciate it. And um, wishing you all the best with your family and your home at, at this time. Thank you, brother. Thank you for this invitation. I can't wait to be in Manning Books physically and give you a big hug and uh -huh. talk to everybody in person. <laughs> I can't wait to. Looking forward to that. Yes, me too. And remember, everybody, we're here in life to make a masterpiece of art with our life. So let's create the art and share it with the world. Thank you for listening to In Conversation, a podcast of Banyan Books and Sound, Canada's spiritual and healing resource since 1970. Find us at banyan.com 
for live events, books, and more.